Messi, 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 that's right, it's messy time. It is Friday. The World Cup final is set with Messi, 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 and Mbappe with France. It is going to be a fun, well-deserving World Cup for these teams and for the fans. This is the matchup we wanted to see, and we get it. Well, everyone, happy Friday. Got a lot of breakdown. Got the World Cup, obviously. Got some uh, first-round action of the college football bowl season taking place this weekend. And the NFL, we got some very important games and maybe some clinch divisions coming up for this uh, action-packed football, football, and football so, uh, weekend. So, everyone, uh, make sure you, you've listened. You can find this podcast, Burgers and Brats, on any platform at Burgers and Brats. That's Burgers Ampersand Brats. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Burgers and Brats. This podcast is sponsored by Hefner Eye Care and Optical Center. Go go get some new glasses, some new frames, some new sunglasses, polarized, prescription. Uh, go get it all at Hefner Eye Care, the best people, uh, best brand, best overall care for your eyes. Go check them out. Uh, check them out, 5757 Northwest, 132nd Street in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. You can make your eye, schedule your next eye exam or uh, just uh, go in for... A screening uh, call 405-728-8853. That's 405-728-8853. Hefner Eye Care and Optical Center. All right, well, big, big, big action uh, this weekend. World Cup, obviously. I'm not a huge soccer fan. I mentioned that on the podcast uh, I'm numerous times, but... I have been tuning in a little bit for the World Cup. It's just fun to see these teams. Uh, I mean, Morocco, uh, one of the first African teams to make the World Cup semifinals either ever or just one of the first in a long, long time. Uh, one of the few. So that was fun to see. Uh, it, it's just fun seeing these small teams or these small countries make it, take on these bigger countries and go on to win and make it as far as they can in the World Cup. Uh, obviously, we've got a great matchup, like I mentioned, with Argentina and France. Argentina is making their sixth World Cup finals appearance uh, with a 3-0 win over Croatia. Uh, Argentina, this is the most all-time uh, for a country. I mean, and I think it's obvious it's because of Messi, 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 Messi. Five goals and three assists this tournament. So he is playing at a high level still. Still the GOAT. No doubt about it. Messi the GOAT. Um, Alvarez, though, he's getting help from his team, Argentina. Usually Argentina goes in with no help. But we are seeing his teammates step up critically in this tournament. Two goals uh, in the last game. Just two goals in the last game. And he's only 22, 23 years old. So... Messi aging up there a little bit, getting help from the young guns. Um, France, on the other hand, uh, France is looking to go back-to-back World Cup titles, and that has not been done since 
Uh, Brazil did it in 58 and 62 with a guy named Pelé. So remember that. And then Italy did it in the 30s. So only two teams, two countries ever have gone back-to-back winning the World Cup. And France looks to be the third country ever to do it. Mbappe, five goals in the last four games. There's, There's nothing else to say about this. This man is on fire. This... Yes, Messi's the GOAT. He's the best player uh, consistently, who's the best overall, or the best overall who's been playing the longest in the World Cup, but Mbappe is the best player probably right now in the World Cup. So uh, it is going to be a great matchup. Argentina, plus 185 to win. France, plus 175 uh, to go draw. You got plus 210. Uh, and then the over-under is set at two and a half goals. I mean, both goalkeepers are uh, killing it. That's why they're winning these games because you got have great goalkeeping, uh, great defense also to balance that striking attack. Uh, two and a half seems pretty low. I, I think I'll go the over in this one. I think there are three goals in this game. Uh, I, I, these two teams are too good on offense. Like I said, Mbappe's got five goals in four games. Alvarez, two goals the last game. Messi's got uh, five goals this tournament also. So, I mean, the, these teams are a scoring machine. Both uh, both goalkeepers are great, of course, but I think they're going to be over three goals in this football match. Just kidding, it's soccer. But um, you can watch this on Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be such a great matchup. I, it, it's hard for me to pick this game. I'm rooting for Argentina, but it would also be cool to see France go back to back. As a as an analyst, I th- oh, this is a tough one. It's a tough one to pick, but give me France in this one. I'm, I'm going France. I'm rooting for Argentina. No, no, never mind. Give me Argentina. I'll root. I'm rooting for Argentina. Give me Argentina to win. It's going to be a fun match to watch. Uh, Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Eastern. Give me Argentina and Messi to win the World Cup. Get Messi's first World Cup victory. All right, so let's move on to some uh, college football action. We got a lot of bowls set. College football playoff is set. Don't think I've been on since it had been set, but I mean, my the four teams I said were going to make it in made it in, so no really surprise there. You got number one, Georgia, followed by number two, Michigan, three, TCU, four, Ohio State, and then just outside, number five, Bama, and six, Tennessee. And, man, if Tennessee wins one of those other games and Hooker doesn't get injured, they make it to the playoff. But uh, just sadly, injuries happen. So be going over a few of these college football bowl games. Uh, some pr- pretty decent games to start the first uh, weekend of action, so let's dive right into that. First up, we got the Cure Bowl featuring University, or actually, never mind, not the Cure Bowl. We got the Fenway Bowl, Cincinnati and Louisville. Uh, Louisville fared by two points in this one, so the game in Boston at the at the Green Monster, Fenway Park. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, Cincinnati only three losses on the year, but a down year. Uh, comparatively to where they have been. They lose Luke Fickle as their head coach. Lots of key players missing. Um, Louisville, on the other hand, uh, not a bad year, 7-5. and five, uh, Better than what they thought this team would be. Uh, but overall, just two teams. Uh, Cincinnati thought would, I mean, com- 
they're one game away from the AAC championship. So they're right there. See a lot of opt outs this game, uh, losing a lot of players. Quarterback though Ben Bryant, uh, twenty seven hundred yards in the year, twenty one touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, Louisville on the other hand, uh, Malik Cunningham, only fifteen hundred yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. So they really have not gotten it going through the air at all. I mean, uh, they are two hundred eleven passing yards a game. That is not good football. That is not winning football games at all. Defense though has been uh, what's been kept keeping Louisville in these games. Uh, I mean, they're only giving up three hundred forty-seven yards a game. That's phenomenal in these types of offenses. Uh, both, both, I mean, both teams just down here really. Uh, Louisville's won three of their last five. Cincinnati's uh, also won three of their last five. Louisville's five and one away from home. Cincinnati's three and two away from home. I just, I just think this game. I think Cincinnati pretty much dominates. I know they've got a lot of missing players. I think Ben Bryan just lights up this Louisville defense. Yeah, they're not bad. Uh, they're or they're pretty good actually on defense, but Cincinnati's uh, more balanced attack or balanced on offense and defensive uh, at least stat comparative wise. Uh, just force Louisville to pass the ball, and I think you can win this game by two touchdowns or more. Uh, four interceptions, you know they're not going to throw touchdowns. Um, shut down Tyler Hudson for Louisville. I mean, he has 1,000 yards receiving, 69 receptions, but only two touchdowns on the year. So remarkable uh, how many yards he has caught or receiving yards, but uh, just stop this run game if you're Cincinnati and fork. Louisville to pass the ball, and you're going to be in a great position to win this football game. Cincinnati, I know, I know they lost their head coach. Uh, it's they don't want to play this game really. Yeah, you get to go play somewhere cool like Fenway, but uh, I think uh, they just got to go in and be like, yeah, we're their team. We're going to go to dominate, get us a win, keep our head high for 2023. So give me uh, Cincinnati in the Fenway Bowl over Louisville. Uh, next, we got SMU versus BYU. Both 7-5 teams uh, heading to the New Mexico Bowl. SMU a four-point favorite in this one. Or BYU, yeah, SMU a four-point favorite in this one. Uh, Tanner Mordecai balling this year. I mean, so is uh, Jaron Hall for BYU. Both quarterbacks over 3,000 yards passing, both with 31 touchdowns. And Mordecai only three more interceptions than Hall. So both these quarterbacks are slinging it, putting the air or putting the ball in the air. And uh, SMU's 324 passing yards a game. They are a pass first team. Got to learn to balance it out. Only getting, only doing 150 on the ground through the run game. BYU. Uh, I mean, they're doing the same thing, getting it on offense, but slow on defense. But this is going to be a super high-scoring game. This may be one of the highest-scoring bowl games that we see. Both teams putting up over 30 points. I mean, SMU is averaging a touchdown more over BYU, but both are in the 30s. Uh, SMU is only going to turn the ball over with Mordecai. Two-plus turnovers, BYU is in this game, and they have a great chance of winning this game. No turnovers. I think SMU is just sitting pretty. Uh, definitely a touchdown favorite, or definitely a touchdown uh, spread to win. Maybe a ten points uh, cover, 
But SMU, I think just too much on offense. Got to get stops. Um, they've won four of their last five, and their only loss to was a to a top fifteen Tulane. Uh, got blown out, but that's their only loss in the last five. BYU's on a three-game winning streak, uh, but with some pretty bad losses there. Both teams not away, not great away from home, but I mean it's not a true game, but it's still not on their home turf. Um, so both teams these in their last five games, but I think SMU just has the upper hand in this one. Too much offense. Uh, and just both teams, not enough defense, but I think it is going to be a fun 40-point game. It's going to be a 40, 40 points from both sides more than likely in this game. Uh, and give me SMU, the Pony Express, to get the big win in New Mexico against BYU. Uh, next game we got going, let's see, we got uh, University of Texas San Antonio, number 25, versus number 24, Troy both teams sitting at 11-2 on the year, 11-2 in the Cure Bowl. So, uh, Cure Bowl is in Orlando this year. These two teams, they have been fun to watch. I mean, UTSA has been good for about two years now. Uh, they had a great season last year, double-digit uh, double wins, and they are favored by one against Troy. Uh, both teams are, I mean, they're Frank Harris for UTSA. 3,800 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. So, I mean, we are seeing prolific quarterbacks in these smaller schools as well, just putting up touchdowns and being able to kind of take care of the football. On the other side with Troy Gunner, Watson, I mean, you want your kid, you want your quarterbacks to be named Gunner. Uh, only 2,700 yards and 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, they are not going to win this football game if they are turning the ball over, obviously. Uh, offensively wise UTSA is a top 10 offense just averaging just under 500 yards total per game Troy though top 20 in defense only giving up 324 yards a game so this unlike the last game this one could be pretty balanced uh, pretty even game going to the fourth maybe the last few possessions decide this game maybe the last possession decide this game UTSA not great on defense Troy not great on offense so I think it's going to be a very balanced attack. UTSA has won five of their last five. Troy, five of their last five. So these teams are hot. Uh, one team going for their sixth straight win. Uh, Troy is 7-0 away from home. Or, or, or they're 7-0 at home. UTSA is 5-1. So uh, one team plays great at home with their fans, and then UTSA plays great away from their fans. Actually, both teams are on 10-game winning streaks right now. Not just the last five, the last 10. Both teams have won 10 of their last 10. This is going to be one of the best games on the end of the bowl season, okay? The 25 versus 24, both game, both teams on 10-game winning streaks. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, neither has a top 25 win, though, but uh, it's going to be amazing to watch these games, watch these offenses and defenses just battle it out. Uh, Troy, you got to just get the run game. Keep the ball out of uh, Frank Harris's hands. Uh, just let, just keep the ball on the ground, bleed that clock, and um, just, yeah, just try to score.
but keep the ball out of UTSA's hands because they are averaging 39 points a game while Troy is only averaging 26. So a little differential there. Uh, give me UTSA in this one over Troy, the Troy Trojans. So uh, final game getting into number or Florida at number 14, Oregon State. Uh, this is going to be a fun game because you know why? They're playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah. How would you love to play in that one? Uh, this is Oregon State's best year in pretty much a decade, uh, and that is why they're favored by 10 in this one. <laughs> yeah, they're favored, favored over t by 10 over Florida. Who would have thought that coming into the season? Uh, Florida thought they were going to be great with that week one win over Utah in the Swamp and just have not lived up to expectations. Uh, Oregon State, I mean, they have that just awesome, awesome comeback win, coming back from behind win against Oregon in the Civil War uh, f a few weeks ago. <clears throat> Thanks to Ben Goldbranson, uh, only 1,200 yards on the year, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. So uh, they... Uh, they got they got turnovers and they allowed the running game to prosper. That's how they are going to win football games and uh, keep the ball out of Anthony Richardson's hands for Florida. Uh, Twenty five hundred yards, seven touchdowns, under nine interceptions. Make him throw picks. Make him uh, pass the ball. Don't let him run. He can escape the pocket very well. Both teams pretty even, all uh, averaging thirty two points a game. <clears throat> It's literally the 32nd offense in Florida versus the 32nd defense uh, in the nation with Oregon State. So, I mean, balanced attacks. These are going to be two very balanced teams. I know one's fair by 10, one's in the Pac-12, one's in the SEC. One's got a better record than the other, but these are two teams. I mean, Florida's got the stars. They've got the uh, uh, players, uh, probably better players in Oregon State, but just haven't put it together this year. So it's going to still be a great game to watch. They have Florida State, Florida's lost their last two, or lost three of their last five uh, to their opponents. Oregon State's won four of their last five. So, I mean, these two teams, the record says otherwise for Florida. They're one and four versus top 25, so they just have not been able to win against a ranked opponent and get those wins. We've seen them, I mean, beat a good Utah team that just won the Pac-12. Uh, and now they're playing a team that didn't win the Pac-12. So we'll see how that plays in. I think 10's a lot for this game, but uh, I, I think Oregon State wins this game against Florida, and Oregon State can celebrate a 10-win season for probably the first time since I've been alive. So uh, we're giving Oregon State over Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. All right, so that's some week one action in college football. Let's move into On This Day in History. Uh, 1989, The Simpsons premiere uh, on Fox. And 1989, guys, it's been a long time. Definitely older than I am by a lot. I guess 10 years. But uh, And then 1939, Gone with the Wind premieres in Atlanta. Uh, one of the highest grossing films, I think the highest grossing films of all time, not counting uh, the inflation prices of uh, throughout the decades and century. But yeah, Gone with the Wind premiered in 1939 on this day. And then 1903, the Wright brothers make the first sustained motorized aircraft flight. 1903. It's been a long, long time ago. 
We got some birthdays to give out. Happy birthday to Jane Austen, Bill Pullman, and Beethoven. Some great birthdays on there. Uh, this segment sponsored by Hefner Eye Care and Optical Center. Go get those eyes checked, guys. You got to get your eyes checked. Um, definitely more than yearly. Go check out some new frames, glasses, sunglasses, polarized, whatever you want. Go get those contacts. Check them out. Hefner Eye Care and Optical Center located on 5757 Northwest 132nd Street. Schedule your appointment. Call 405-728-8853. Check them out. Hefner Eye Care. And make sure you follow Burgers and Brats on any platform. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, anywhere you get your podcast at Burgers and Brats. And stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Burgers and Brats. All right, let's go into some NFL action. We've got a lot of good NFL games coming up this weekend. Even some Saturday games. Uh, Thursday night, uh, picked this game before this game started. 49ers beat Seattle. Uh Picked that game, picked uh, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, uh, looking purdy. He's looking real purdy, slinging that football. They got a big win over uh, Seattle, and 49ers clinched the division. Purdy, 17-26, 217 yards, two touchdowns. McCaffrey, 26 attempts for 108 yards and one touchdown. And George Kittle finally getting the ball to him, 93 yards on only four receptions and two touchdowns. So, pick San Fran, win that game and beat Seattle to clinch the NFC North. So that division is settled. All right, next, let's go to another divisional game on Saturday, or NFC West, not NFC North, NFC West. Uh, Let's go to a Saturday game, divisional game, the Miami Dolphins. This time they're heading to Buffalo to play in that Buffalo weather. Uh, Miami won the first matchup in Miami. Uh, Buffalo is seven point favorite in this one. I guess they think they understand that Tua does not play in cold weather because this is Tua's fourth ever game that is under fifty degrees, and only his third that's in the thirties. He is o er his second ever. Uh, he is o in, or this will be his third ever uh, in the thirties. But he is o and three all time in games where the weather is under 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That is not good, guys. That's not good. This man is not playing full cold weather football. Uh, could be a little snowy. Somehow it's not. It's at 33 degrees projected in Buffalo, so not at below freezing. He's still never played a single game below freezing. <laughs> so uh, one degree off, but, but not below freezing in this one. Maybe that one degree will help Miami get a win in Buffalo. Uh, should be a little snowy. I don't know the how much um, <clears throat> snow we're getting. Uh, but Tua, when he's not in cold weather, balling. 3,000 yards on the year. 22 ch- touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He did this while missing two games because of a concussion. He's only got, and Josh Allen, 3,500 yards. 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So he has not been taking care of the football. Josh Allen has been turning this football over. Both teams really not finding a ground game. They're leading rushers over 600 yards. Um, Josh Allen was their leading rusher for a long time. Just both teams have not been able to put the rock on the ground and pound it up the middle. Receiving, though, you got two killer wide receivers. I mean, the one and two 
the top receivers in the league. Tyreek Hill, 1,400 yards, uh, six touchdowns on 100 receptions. Stefan Diggs, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns on 94 receptions. So Tyreek Hill has been getting the yards, just not the touchdowns that we thought he would be uh, with this high-powered offense. <clears throat> you got Buffalo. I mean, they were the number two offense and number two defense at one point. Now just a second-ranked offense and ninth-ranked defense. Miami is a obvious passing attack first because they're second or third to last in rushing yards per game with under 90 yards. You're not going to win many football games running the ball under 90 yards per game. <clears throat> uh, Bills, a little more than that because they have Josh Allen as a running quarterback. Uh, but Miami knows how to stop the run passing attack. But they're on 20th in the league in total defense. Miami lost two or have lost two in a row. Buffalo have won four of their last five. So uh, both teams are kind of in a trending, trending opposite ways direction. Miami did play some two pretty tough teams. <clears throat> Bills just getting through their division. Buffalo is five and one at home on the season. Miami three and four away from home. So they do not like playing outside of Miami. Um, it. These two teams are in a lot of close games as well. Uh, just Buffalo does not know how to close it out when they're in one-score games. They're three and three. Miami they love these one-possession games because they are five and one. I think it definitely comes down to a one-possession game. Uh, I mean, just the the thing of Tua not being able to play in cold does hurt a little bit. Picking Miami, I do think they keep it close. I think. I mean, Buffalo has not been playing great football. Uh, if this game was in Miami, I'd probably pick Miami to win this game. But because it's in Buffalo, don't know how Tua plays. Tua doesn't play well in the cold. Don't know how much snow they're getting. Uh, but give me Buffalo in this one just because that ground game may have to maybe heavily rely on passing the ball. I mean running the football in this one. So give me the Bills at home over the Miami Dolphins. Next, let's go to... Uh, Tampa, let's keep it in for, let's go to Florida now. Cincinnati, uh, favored by three and a half points over aging Tom Brady. Tom Brady just came off a beatdown by the 49ers and Brock Purdy. Oh man, did they look bad uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. And they may look even worse against this really good Bengals team with Joe Burrow uh, coming in. 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns. Brady, 3,500 yards, only 17 touchdowns, though, in the year. They got Joe Mixon back for Cincinnati, uh, but T. Higgins had that hamstring injury. We'll see how that plays into this week, pretty much day-to-day. Uh, big, big get back, though, with Joe Mixon. You got Samadre, uh second string as well, though, so great one-two punch there for Cincinnati. And the receiving, you got Jamar Chase back. Tampa Bay just offensively defensively just kind of gone downhill the last few weeks uh you can see it uh, i mean even waiting till the last two minutes of games to put drives together but not doing it the other 58 minutes of the football games <clears throat> tampa's i mean tampa's 32nd in the league in rushing yards and they're 28th in points per game. So they're not even averaging 20 points a game. When's the last time a Brady offense didn't average 20 points per football game? I mean, he's slinging the football. This team just can't find anything else to do. He's averaging 275 yards a game. 
<clears throat> defense still a top 10 defense in the league just uh can't stop the run uh can't super stop the pass but uh getting some stops uh, i mean it's been against bad defenses i mean bad offenses because i mean they play in one of the worst divisions in football so that does add into this cincinnati a top five offense overall and i think that this offense continues rolling against this tampa bay defense i tampa i'm cincinnati just got too much uh too many stars too many it factors, too many playmakers uh, for this Tampa Bay team to contend with right now. Uh, Cincinnati's won uh, their last five. Tampa, uh, they've won three of five, but uh, haven't looked pretty doing it uh, against some pretty bad foes. Uh, give me Cincinnati in this one. They're 5-0 and in the last five games. Uh, both teams not great though <laughs> in one score games uh, Cincinnati if they score first game over they're 7-0 when scoring first that is how they win this football game uh, besides the fact that they're a better team uh, they're also 6-0 when leading at halftime so you see Cincinnati score first or if they're leading at halftime it's it's just no it's over uh, Cincinnati win Tom Brady's not coming back on that one alright so Cincinnati over Tampa Bay uh, next, we got the New York Giants at the uh, Washington Commanders for Sunday night football. Yeah, who would have thought the NFC East was going to be providing us with some great football on the year, especially with a prime time football game this late in the season? Washington, a four and a half point favorite. Both teams, seven and five and one. They both tied each other earlier in the season. Uh, this Giants team. Um, I mean, or I, I guess they tied two weeks ago. Uh, so it's only been two weeks since they last tied. Um, they've Giants. Besides that, so they basically lost four of the last five. That's what this Giants team has done. Counting the tie, they've lost four of their last five and just got humiliated by Jalen Hurts and the Eagles last week. Washington coming off. Uh, they've won three of the last five uh, not including that tiebreaker but they did have a break in between the tiebreaker and this week so they're going back to back on the giants i think that's going to help a lot because they got a bye week they knew who they were facing they tied in overtime so uh, this team is going to know what to fix they didn't have to face another opponent before they face the giants again and this is a huge game for seeding both teams just not great away and home. Giants three and two away. Commanders three and three at home. So there really is no advantage here. Uh, both teams just not great in these positions. <clears throat> both teams. I mean, uh, when leading at halftime, though, that's this is the big difference. Washington is five and zero oh when leading at halftime. Giants have led at halftime. Uh, for four games or three and one in them and three and one when scoring first so uh, when these teams score first I mean they're they're both really good at keeping sustaining that lead so we'll see which team kind of gives that up if a team gives that up or if we should if they show us how good they are sustaining and holding these leads in football games um, I, I just like Washington more I mean they did get that win over the Eagles uh, they they did lose to the Vikings. Haven't had much uh, great, many great opponents the last few weeks. Giants have had a tougher schedule, but I just like the uh, Washington Commanders and what they're doing right now a lot more 
in this one. So give me the Commanders over the Giants and help them get into the playoffs. Maybe I think they've got a 50% chance to make the playoffs if they win this game. Giants, if they win this game, they're an 89% chance. So a lot riding on this game for the NFC East. Maybe both teams get in no matter what could happen. So let's go to the final game of the Week 15 schedule for the NFL. We got Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams heading to Lambeau Field. Monday Night Football, Green Bay, seven-point favorite in this one. And we are getting Green Bay, Wisconsin weather. Uh, 21 degrees Fahrenheit with snow in the forecast. Yikes. I, this is not. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, uh, and Lambeau. Both teams, I mean, just completely disappointing seasons. Both with losing records. Uh, Rams win. They could tie the Packers in record. Rodgers, 2,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Leading receiver, Alan Lazard, with only 620 yards for the full week 15. <clears throat> 15 weeks in. Uh, Rams, I mean, just decimated with injuries. Matt Stafford out, Cooper Cup out, Cam Akers kind of been balling lately. But uh, that's it. I mean, this team just riddled with injuries. <clears throat> Aaron just, I think it's going to be a heavy run game. Baker Mayfield just can't turn the ball over. Uh, I mean, a great, great come from behind. We didn't even, I didn't even get to talk about this game last week. He looked phenomenal in his last, I mean, he looked good. He was with the team for 48, less than 48 hours, studying the playbook on the way, getting with guys he didn't know. He didn't know their routes. He didn't He didn't know who they were. He didn't even know how to get back to the locker room after the win. So uh, it was an incredible thing to see Baker Mayfield. It was awesome to see Baker Mayfield win like that, uh, put some haters in their place for a while. <clears throat> see if he can play like that again. I mean, he had some good drives. It offensive line just was not great. Max Crosby was killing them. They had a bunch of holding calls. He had, they should have had two more touchdown drives. Uh, and there was a missed field goal in there. Or, yeah, a missed field goal in there. So, uh, I mean, a lot of drives that could have ended in points, a lot, few more, and still got the win anyway on a 98-yard, 1-minute, 45-second drive. Like, first time in the last 45 seasons, that, 45 seasons that's ever happened. So that was incredible stuff from Baker Mayfield. And why can't he do it against Green Bay? I mean, the Green Bay team is not great. They're not good. Um, they're averaging 20 points a game. I mean, like I said, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, down years this year. I mean, the age is a factor. Both teams are, I mean, 20 points and under. When's the last time these quarterbacks averaged that? But L.A., they are 31st overall. They are second to last in total offense per game. Just no rushing attack. Uh, passing hasn't been there with Matt Stafford. A lot of injuries, like I said, and just hasn't looked himself. <clears throat> Green Bay, really middle of the pack there. Green Bay is the number one overall team in uh, pass defense. So Baker Mayfield, uh, don't turn the ball over. you got a huge chance of winning this game. Um I mean, you got to try and run the football, though. The, the Green Bay team can't stop it. You haven't been able to do it. They're going to, they, they know you can't run the ball. So try to force the run early. Open up those passing lanes for Baker. <clears throat> LA, just get some get some stops. I mean, is, if it's snowy, get the stop on defense. A uh, great run, de- great run action defend. Uh, you've, <laughs> you've lost four of the last five. You did get a huge win. Maybe a huge momentum builder in uh last week against the raiders 
Green Bay, I mean, they've won, lost three out of their last five. So both teams just not good on the season. Oh, Green Bay's only 3-3 three and three at home this year. When When's the last time that Lambeau a crowd didn't make this much of an impact? L.A., 1-4 and four on the road. Yeah, the, not, you're not going to win many games going 1-4 and four on the road. I mean, yeah, so obviously. <sighs> both teams, though, one-game winning streak. And when one team's leading at half or one team scores first, it really doesn't matter who wins this or it doesn't it doesn't really take an effect because um, neither team can hold a lead, sustain a lead uh, when they whether they score first first or lead at halftime. So yeah, it's gonna be a pretty it's gonna be a pretty good game from the point of that they're still what you think are really good teams, really good players with Aaron Rodgers and Baker. Um, just it, it's gonna be a fun matchup in that aspect and what Baker did last week and it's still the Aaron Rodgers effect in Lambeau at a night game maybe some snow so it'll be fun to tune in and watch I'll take give me give me the Rams I'll, I'll take the Rams in this one over Green Bay why not just, something's got to click there uh, give me the Los Angeles Rams over the Green Bay Packers I'll take that as my upset pick of the week uh, next, let's move into this final segment, uh, sharing my burger and brought this week. Sad, sad news uh, with the passing of Mike Leach, head football coach at Mississippi State. Bounced around, or been to a lot of places, got maybe his first major career start in at Oklahoma in 1999 uh, with Bob Stoops. Uh, I mean, as you all seen, he let that fake play sheet against Texas in his first year worked while they went up 17 nothing. Uh, just a funny man, great stories, just just a, just a lighthearted, uh, just awesome, awesome guy who had some of the best press conferences or ha- uh, interviews that you would ever see. Just ramble on and on and on. Um, some, some stats from his career, I mean, five consensus All-Americans, um, 158 career wins, uh, a lot at Texas Tech, Washington State. Just got to Mississippi State a few years ago. Uh, went average of .596 uh, percentage. Went to 17 bowl games and had eight career bowl wins. Uh, 2008 Big 12 Coach of the Year with Texas Tech. 2015 Pac-12 Coach of the Year uh, with Washington State. 2018 AFCA Coach of the Year and 2018 Pac-12 Coach of the Year. So, just sharing my burden brought with everyone who knew uh, Mike Leach, his family, and just uh, sharing my burden brought with the legendary pirate Mike Leach. So that is Burgers and Brats podcast. Had a great episode with some football, football, and football uh, World Cup college football and the nfl thank you all for listening so much make sure to listen on any streaming platform anywhere anywhere you find your podcast at burgers and brats spotify apple podcast tune in pandora and amazon music and stay up to date with the latest news on twitter instagram and youtube at burgers and brats thank you all take care stay safe go messy